everybody to the detectress on the detectress and we are here today series two episode four and i have the wonderful ellie miss detectress with me again today how are you doing ellie I'm doing very well, thank you, Katie. Very well indeed from my island awesome. island adventure at the moment. So I'm calling in from my island cottage. My yes. Then it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> We've oh, gone international. It's gone very <laughs> Eurovision. <laughs> UK. I'm still UK. I'm just off the coast of Cornwall, about 28 miles off the coast of Cornwall. Awesome. Yeah. And to get out there, do you fly? Is it a yeah, little plane or a helicopter? It's a helicopter. <gasps> helicopter on uh, on Friday and I've got the same going back. So it's quite an adventure to get here. And wow. it's a little archipelago of islands, um, sort of the most southwesterly point of the UK. So it's the last stop basically before the States. Amazing, amazing. And is it nice and warm there today? It's been warm here in the UK, unseasonably warm. Really horrible here today. And I've I heard from my family that you've had sunshine. Sometimes it's like that on the mainland, it's lovely. And then here we've got mist. At the moment, I'm under a cloud of um, Saharan dust, which yesterday, so it's been a kind of weird pink mist. Oh, pretty, but weird. <laughs> quite eerie, but, but quite exciting. Yeah, quite exciting. Nice, 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 nice. So it's just us again today because Carl's still feeling a little bit under the weather. So hopefully we'll be back with us soon. Okay. Um, but as we chat through, I'm very interested to get your take on this episode because it was a really awesome episode with lots of talking points again. We always seem to have the good episodes together, Ellie, where we've got lots to talk oh, about. Well, so there's probably more to do with us than the episode, I think. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> so as I said, we are now on um, season two or series two, I should say, episode four. And this one's titled Buried Past. And this one was uh, on air 19th of November 2015. So we cut to uh, Little Chef. We see the Little Chef. You remember those, Ellie? I do, and, yeah. uh, last from the past isn't it i actually had to yeah. check but they're still going but of course they're not still going i think very shortly after this program went out they they were kind yeah. of yeah i do miss them as i'm going up and down the a303 to and from devon to see my parents no mm. little chef <laughs> but uh we start off and lance and andy are at the services next to a motorway and they've had a lovely fry up when I watched this, actually, it was close to tea time. So it did inspire me <laughs> to get my dinner <laughs> on Grid Girls. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, but I did look up when did Little Chef close? And they, they closed actually in January 2018. Yeah. So they've been gone for a while now. Sad times. Rest Sad in peace, times. Rest peace, Little Chef. Rest in peace, Little Chef. <laughs> And um, the TV is on, uh, the news is on specifically, and there's some a lucky chap called Kevin Beale on there. Um, and it made me chuckle because when you look up at the screen or they're looking up at the screen and it's showing this metal detectorist, it says Kevin Beale, metal detector, doesn't yeah. it? Again. <laughs> I like that in, don't they, on every single episode. But yeah, but it was, I, I thought this was a really fun, fun scene. Oh. <sighs> It's, it's what we all do as metal detectorists as well. We see something on the news. And uh, yes, this chap, Kevin Beale, had uh, found loads and loads of Roman coins. So he'd found something like 350 silver and gold Roman coins uh, worth over a million quid bought by the British Museum. He split it between him and the landowner. And it was only his second time out. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, I get the envy just watching someone else find one hammered coin if I'm out on a dig. Let yes. alone, 
massive <laughs> finding that, especially that they're you know so fresh to the hobby and everything. But that's the great mm. thing about the hobby, isn't it? It's so leveling. You know, you can go out for the first time and find mm. a hawk, and you can be stood yeah. next to someone who's been detecting for forty years, and you can be the pilot. So it's you know that them's the breaks. I'm afraid. <laughs> that's it you've got to walk over it haven't you and, and you've got to dig it <laughs> very humble i thought the guy because he didn't you know he wouldn't do the dance on telly he was like no i'm not doing the dance yeah i wasn't quite sure whether you would or not and i remember lance saying um a couple of episodes back it's bad luck to practice your gold dance i believe so it was good that yeah. he just didn't yeah didn't do it oh, i didn't know that yeah, well, we're announcing it now. We can't. We can't show our gold dances. I don't think I've ever practiced my gold dance. I have done a little dance, but I've never practiced my gold dance. It's going to be a very special one. <laughs> I wonder how that works with recording your gold dance then. Hmm. I think you've got to set up. You've got to like try and set it up and record. Yeah, because you owe us a gold dance. Did you hear the episode a couple of back? And I was calling yeah. you out. It'd be bad luck. <laughs> so wow. now if you find more gold you just got, got do a mega dance because that oh, makes yeah. up for the one you didn't do if you gold pose you <laughs> uh, i think it's all right if it's a belated dance it's just you can't practice your dance for the first time. Okay. yeah yeah i've decided <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're watching and, uh, they kind of look down and, uh, yeah, Kevin won't show his gold dance to the reporter and then Lance just says, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so yeah. gutting, isn't it? When you, you, I'm quite regularly on the groups that I've seen people saying, you know, I've been detecting for 10 years and I still haven't found my first hammered or, you know, and you think it is a lot about, you have to have that optimistic spirit, but it must get you down a bit if you, if you try it. Mm. don't actually make you know find that thing that you hope for so i yeah i feel yeah. it inside that he's you know feeling gutted. Yeah, yeah a bit gutted and we've all been on those group digs where someone's found something mega i think a couple of times there was one guy that found a gold sovereign and we'd all walked through this gate into this field and this one guy decided to detect walking yeah. into the yeah. field and it must have been about 35 people just walked over it and this guy <sighs> detected it and found the gold sovereign we all turned around and went <gasps> anywhere couldn't it it could be anywhere it could be anywhere exactly exactly so yeah we all feel joy for our friends when they find stuff but we all feel a little bit of envy at some point i'm sure <laughs> yeah that's normal that is normal. Um, so, yeah, we see the TR7 driving off and the title song comes in. And then, of course, we have that familiar scene now with Series 2 where it's the countryside and we're swooping down and we go underground and we see that lovely treasure just sat there by the, the knocked-over standing stone, don't we? Yeah. We do. And, uh, yeah, we move into the second scene and we're back in the fields. It's nice to be back in the field, seeing a bit of detecting action and Andy is talking about having his uh, not having a job interview in years um and he's he's wondering if he should just be himself maybe and <laughs> lance gives him a nice pep talk at this point doesn't he good old lance <laughs> you, you'd be better than you yeah i think that's a good line that you know and that is what you have to do in interviews you do you do don't you you have to go it's yourself mock yeah. too <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh God! So yeah, he's saying yeah, don't don't be yourself, mate. That won't help at all. Um, and he he wants him to be better, but he's he says be 
more sparky and less morose. <laughs> That's his specific advice. He's got a knack of making well, people feel good about yeah, themselves, great. Arlance. It's great isn't to he? hear what your friends really think, isn't it? You know. <laughs> just don't be yourself at all you'll be fine <laughs> um but andy's panicking a bit he's saying if he, if he doesn't get that job he's fearful that they're going to be home homeless and uh they'll have to move in with becky's mum which must sound like the worst thing ever to andy yeah. so I've got a good driver to do do well in the interview Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh lance is like checking have you been reading up have you been you know doing a bit of research and and he's he's not very positive about his own research is he he's saying there's not much out there and at this point there is the internet so he should have been able to do quite a bit of research uh on where he's, he's going a little bit lazy isn't he old andy <laughs> sort of yeah he wants it handed to him on a plate <laughs> you know just sort of gets there on the day and hopes for the best well yeah that's pretty much what he tells isn't it <laughs> exactly exactly um but lance is really helpful and he gives him a couple of tips doesn't he he tells him that bridge is the national sport and thrash metal is uh very popular over there specifically a band called crack dust i didn't actually think to google this one <laughs> i don't know if it's a real band i don't or know not. if it's a real band probably there probably is one now if there wasn't before it's a pretty good name <laughs> Nice tribute band, yeah, doing some of the Johnny Flynn songs, maybe called Crack Dust. Who knows? <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's uh, uh, then asking Lance about Kate. Has he seen Kate? And Lance is all excited because on Wednesday he's going to see her again. He'll see uh, her and she'll see the real him in his natural habitat and he wants to make a good impression. So this is why he's cleaned up his flat real nice and sparkly last yeah. episode. He's ready to invite Kate in. Um, so, yeah. He talks about the Linda Dusardi photo at this point. Now, we know that Lance had some questionable decor in his flat, he didn't did. he? He's so 80s, isn't he? He's got all the, all the trappings, you know. So he's that's obviously a hangover from his younger days. A bit like, ah, and his, you know, he's got these little hangovers, hasn't he, from his, his prime, you know, when he was in his prime. Yeah, Lisa. yeah. Do we all do that? I don't know if we all do that. Do we hang on to our sort of prime, our twenties, or whenever that might be? I style for so long. I'm stuck in the nineties. I think stuck in. Well, <laughs> I think I'm I'm stuck in. Yeah, I'm stuck in the early noughties. And when I got my fringe back recently, um, that's what all my friends said. They weren't like, you're just like you are when we met you now. And I was just like, oh, yeah, maybe I am regressing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, so, yeah, he's still, he said, no, it's already gone, mate. Lance is all over it. He's like, no, I've got rid of everything questioning out of the flat. And uh, and he just can't believe he's got a grown-up daughter. I don't think any of us can, really. Um so yeah, Lance is like, right, I've got a bit of a a signal, and he goes down to dig it, and he he's pulling our leg, isn't he? He's saying he's found some kind of brooch, some kind of inscription, Latin, status quo. Yeah. <laughs> so he's obviously found a badge, and at that point, Andy just walks off because he's 
like, right, we're not finding the treasure, walking off into the distance, ready to get on with his day. But Lance is turned around. He's a different man from the last time we spoke earlier, isn't he? When we first spoke on the um, season, he was depressed. He does seem a bit more buoyant now, doesn't he? He's got sort of reason to, you know, he's a bit more chirpy, definitely. Yeah. Kate has brought energy back to his life. Um. So we go back and Becky's on the sofa marking homework. She's doing a very quick job of marking everything. Tick, 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 isn't she? She obviously wants to get yeah. through it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Andy's peeling the spuds. Um, and then Becky pipes up, up asking Andy if he saw the guy who found a hoard in Warwickshire. Andy, of course, says no. <laughs> he doesn't want to know anything about it. She says, worth a million bucks. And uh, it was his first time detecting. Of course, Andy gives the game away going second, whatever. <laughs> He's still really pissy about it, isn't he? <laughs> he just doesn't want to know. Uh, she starts laughing at him going, you did know and you are jealous. <laughs> He's like, well, no, <laughs> I just can't stand it when other people find good things. Um, and then he says he can't even watch Time Team anymore. He's so jealous of them. <laughs> Bless. It's a, shame. Shame. Um, it's a shame. Time Team's back now, isn't it? You have to go on a. You have to sign up to their like Patreon or YouTube yeah. channel. But they are I back. They had something going on on there. I mean, I've been watching. To be honest, I I haven't really watched any, so I'm catching up on all the old ones, and they're perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, same information that you need. You know, it's just it's not the latest. Whoever I don't know who's on there, but it's not the latest. Perhaps not the latest presenters. But I, I'm still just going through the back catalogue and loving it. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Um, they're so good, so relaxing. I love all those shows. Yeah, so it gives you that Sunday night vibes. Mm, I was just watching Digging for, Digging for Britain, oh, yeah. um, and it was when they were around my area, so Oldsford and Winchester. So I was like, oh. This is all good, all good information and research. Learning well. well. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully all those Romans walk this way. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, um, Becky's saying, you know what? You'd be safe in Africa. You wouldn't have the distractions of time team and people to get jealous about. Um, so she's still hinting, isn't she, and trying to G him up about the interview. They don't have time team in Botswana, she says. Um, and then, then they uh, Becky has written a CV for Andy, so she's really ahead of the game, isn't she? She knows his pitfalls. She knows he's a bit lazy, so um, she's written his CV for him. And on there, put that he can ride a horse randomly. Why <laughs> she would have thought that? But like, what's the thing you'd lie about if you're an actor, isn't it? Yes, exactly. I can do anything: unicycle, ride a yeah. horse, <laughs> fall out of buildings. <laughs> Um, and she's put on there about a paleontology course and he's panicking because he's like, well, that was only a little course. <laughs> Didn't even get a certificate. And she was like, well, to be honest, I was struggling. And she was struggling to find anything to put on his CV, bless him, because of his lack of experience. But she's encouraging him. She's like, grab life by the horns. Um, and at which point Andy's been looking, gazing lovingly at lettuce, hasn't he? And he just can't decide whether to wash the lettuce or not. That's his main problem in life right now. <laughs> Classic, yeah. Don't want to say classic man, but <laughs> <laughs> single line of thinking. Um, but yes, Becky's just kind of bemused by him. But yeah, we'll see what happens later on more in regards to the interview. So we then go to the next scene and Sophie and Peter are in a field um, and they're sort of lolling about outside Peter's camper van. They've obviously had an overnight stay, haven't they? Night them now, aren't they? 
Yes, absolutely. And uh, Peter's asking Sophie how the tea is and Sophie being as honest as usual, she's like horrible. <laughs> um, and then he starts to try to explain what he's been doing with the kettle, but she cuts him <laughs> mid-chat, doesn't she? I like to think of what's been going on in that kettle. But I know in prison they use their kettle to cook food. Mm. I was I was learning about that. Uh, they I saw some I saw some sort of live of somebody doing it. I think it was a TikTok from their cell, and they were cooking in the kettle. Wow! What were they cooking? Yeah. Was it like noodles something, or something? Something not good in a kettle, like <laughs> or something like that. It's like oh, for God's sake! Oh wow! A cell with someone that's cooking pilchers in our kettle, <laughs> <laughs> and then have fishy tea <laughs> the next day. Babies be making baked beans in there or something. I don't know. Mm, yeah, one hates to think. I'm always a bit funny about kettles when I go to hotels as well. I'm always like, I don't know if one will use Yeah. Go ahead and boil it. Yeah. <laughs> don't overthink think things, Katie. Just don't do it. Um, um, anyway, <laughs> Peter was uh, talking about the um, dirt sharks when they'd um, come into the pub on the previous episode and they wanted to talk to him. So he's kind of got a bit of interest now, isn't he? He's like, oh, you know, I feel a bit bad for dismissing them and maybe I should talk to them. Um, and Sophie's like, oh, no, you know, they're, they're bad news. At which point... Yeah, a weird request isn't it sort of why would you that's just weird yeah Mm. when he was so abrupt in front of the rest of the club wasn't he he was like no these are my friends you can say anything in front of them but now he's like oh no i might want to hear what they've got to say so it is a bit weird i thought it was weird um at which point sophie having obviously spent the night in or around the camper van pulls back like a bit of a blanket or something and finds peter's detector doesn't she Yes. So it's like, hmm, I think you would have spotted that before. But anyway, we'll forgive that. <laughs> Spot the detector. It happens to be a really good brand as well. Yes. So, mm. we, listen, if someone has just bought one second hand, which is what he's saying. Yes. It's all and a bit then, sus. And, yeah. And then she notices his boots are covered in mud. Mm-hmm. And he, he hasn't been out yet and he doesn't know what he's doing, but he'll work it out. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he has been out because he's yeah. boot story, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you think Sophie's on on to him at this point? I think she is. Yeah, she's sort of thinking something not something doesn't add up, but she probably doesn't know what it is. Mm. He likes him. She likes hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she loves him in his mad hairstyle. Yes, she's got um what do they call it? Your love blind. She's got love blindness. Something's going on there. The lust. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Peter says, um, I think to distract her, he starts talking about wanting to tour around historic sites, doesn't he, at this point? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Sophie's like, oh, that sounds nice. And, yeah, he invites her and she gets all excited and then they have a kiss. So I think he's managed to distract her enough that she's forgotten about the detector for now. It's smooth. Yeah. Um, so now we are back at the scene. Uh, we see Russell and Hugh, and they are walking their way towards a very nice house. It's the mayor's house. <laughs> so it's quite funny because you see Hugh's got like an arm stretched out with a bag, a carrier bag with something in it. And you immediately know what's in that bag. It's the uh, ceremonial chain of the mayor, isn't it, that nobody wants to touch. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. No one knows that. <laughs> and they're on a mission. They're returning it, and they want to try and get permission for this field because they now know the field they need to go in is one that the mayor owns. So, yeah, they go and uh, Hugh's saying he can't get the image of the mayor out of his head to Russell and Russell's like, try not to think about it. Imagine him fully clothed, at which point they've knocked the door and the mayor opens the door in his dressing gown with it flapping open and he's basically in his pants, isn't he? <laughs> I love I love his Instagram account. He's really, really funny. The guy, mayor, he's a, a London Thames mudlarker and mudlark. And um, he's... He's super funny, I, I, I think. Yes. He's really witty. He and he does kind of, he, he's got a real actor voice and does voiceovers and stuff in his career. And you can hear it, like his voice is, is that kind of classic English actor kind of yeah, voice. Yeah, that booming. But he's funny and he finds all these lovely things. So yeah, it's well worth following. Do we remember what his name is on Instagram? Oh, you no, know I knew you were going to ask that. I don't, but... <laughs> Fucking in the mud. So the door opens and the mayor's there in his pants and Hugh introduces uh, himself and Russell says, we found your necklace. I like the way they keep calling it a necklace. (laughs) And the mayor reminds them it's called a chain of office and you took your bloody time. So he's a bit annoyed with them because they obviously took a couple of days to find it. They were doing him a So he's like... I'm on the back foot because he's done something he shouldn't have been doing anyway. He's so rude. Uh, yeah. He's just he being very, you know, so humble. Exactly. Yes. Thankful, grateful, humble. Yeah, all of those things. <laughs> Hugh says he thinks it might have a couple of broken links. And uh, Russell <laughs> says it must have flung off with some abandon. <laughs> Again, with the imagery, I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, so the mayor's kind of pleased at this point. He says, right, I'll phone Terry and arrange the reward. He's kind of wanting to go back on his way into the house at this point, isn't he? Um, But Russell interjects and he says, actually, your worship, we would, I like the way he calls him your worship, uh, instead of a reward, uh, we'd like permission to detect on your field. And the mayor is like, absolutely not, absolutely out of the question. There's nothing to find there. No, he's very abrupt on it, isn't it? It's no like umin and ahring. He's just like, no. Um, so Russell's like, okay, we won't take any more of your time. Oh, just one more thing. And the mayor's, what? <laughs> and at this point that Russell brings out the big guns, doesn't he? And he's back to talking about um, perhaps we can uh, call the local paper in about the story. Well, it'll be nice to hear about your necklace. And uh, he's doing a bit of the old subtle blackmail at this point, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. a little bit dodgy, but. He's giving it a go. Needs must, hey, needs must. <laughs> Hugh's reminding the mayor that it could go global because it's such a quirky not story. The not the way I'd suggest getting your permission, but anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. So um, the mayor's suddenly, he's, he's turned again, face like thunder. He's like, I see, this is Terry's idea, wasn't it? I always knew he was bent. There's a word for this. So he's now insinuating that Terry's a bent copper, isn't he? Or was a bent copper. So, yeah, he's not happy yeah. at all. A rivalry, long-term rivalry going yeah, on Yeah, big time. So Russell's like, is there? In response to there's a word for this and there's a pause and they all kind of look at each other. <laughs> no one says the word. 
but I said the word a minute ago, blackmail indeed. Um, so the mayor agrees, fine, you can have your permission. And But then he says, I know what you're up to. I've been warned about you. Mm, who's been there telling tales to the mayor? Oh, I didn't hear that bit. Yeah. And Russell says, have you? And then the mayor says, they're one step ahead of you, you know. They are one step ahead of you, you know. So who could this be? Mm, maybe the dirt sharks. Um, so oh. Russell says, who is? And then the mayor just shuts the door. So um, that's the end of that. And Hugh's just trying to say through the door, you might want to give that a wipe in regards to his ceremonial chain. <laughs> and then they walk off so yeah that's quite funny but at this point i'm thinking oh that's a lot more information isn't it someone is ahead of them who might be ahead of them Mm. and in regards to what right yeah so we are now at the interview and andy turns up for the interview and um i've mentioned it before but i felt andy's pain here because i left a job after many many years recently and my first interview um, I was very nervous as well. You just don't know. You've got imposter syndrome with yourself and you, you want to like... Be honest, they didn't make that interview waiting room feel particularly comfortable, did they? It was like silence. No. Uh, <laughs> facing the, you know, it was like not, not that friendly. It was a bit... I no. don't know. I didn't blame him for wanting to just do one straight away. <laughs> just have a bit of space. Um, yeah. How he net clocked the other inter- interviewees and noticed things about them and thought, oh, I don't fit this, I don't fit the mold. I haven't got the, the yeah. long bit. Well, he did look quite unshaven. He had, <laughs> made- <laughs> had he to go to that. <laughs> I think he'd attempted to grow it out a bit, but yeah, he was looking and they a couple of them had like dirty fingernails. So it sort of, <laughs> you know, showed that perhaps they'd been doing some archaeology and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, because the reception lady says they're running a bit late, he takes that opportunity to go outside, doesn't he? Yeah. Get some fresh air, pull himself together, but also go and rob his hands in loads of dirt so he fits in a bit better. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that was the best idea, but anyway. No. And of course, as he's doing that, Andy being Andy, he looks up and you can see a very smartly dressed guy that you can only assume is a professor that we'll learn later anyway, um, clocks him and what he's doing. He kind of looks at him, doesn't he, with a bit of disgust and then walks off. <laughs> so Andy's like, oops. Um, but then he manages to pull a few bits of clay pipe out of said pot yeah. that he was, yeah dirtying his hands in. And we know that Andy likes to collect all the bits of clay pipe, so he whacks them in his pocket um so yeah they go in and we are into the interview and he finally gets called in his last isn't he as well and it, it's very much like you say it's like they're outside the headmaster's office <laughs> so it can't have been nice it can't have been it's not that yeah it can't be nice <laughs> yeah um so they're asking andy what he knows about archaeology in Botswana, and andy's like yes there is archaeology <laughs> He's not doing good, too good, is he? He's not doing good, too good at all. Um, and then they start talking about the uh, and his thesis. He says about his thesis on the sterling hoard and gold talks. Um, so that's quite interesting. And then the uh, professor asks him what his views are on metal detectors. Again, of course, it's not metal detectorists, it's metal detectors. Um, and Andy does a good job here, doesn't he, of defending metal detectorists. I really 
I really liked what you said. He didn't answer. He said that most metal detectorists are good people who abide by the codes of conduct and want to do the right thing for recording history and are really interested in history. And that is true. That is absolutely true. There's yeah. only, you know, like with anything, there may be a couple of people who don't do that, but I don't know any of them. Mm -hmm. I, I, so um, I think generally we're a good bunch. <laughs> we are. We're a flipping good bunch of people, I can tell you. Um, and it's that thing, isn't it? You you only hear the bad news or the bad things. They're not going to put it in the news every day on the front page. You know, detectorist finds not a lot, but reports what they do find. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a sensational story. And, and of course, you know, that, yeah. that, that's what people remember, isn't it? So it's some. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did a good job, definitely. He did a really good job. And and he says, you know, otherwise it'll be lost to the plough, which is often very true. Um, so the, the, the professor, the doctor, then asks him, you're not a metal detector, are you, Mr Stone? And he corrects him, he says, detectorist. And then he goes, no. <laughs> so he lies at that point, but he gets to the feeling uh, that... Um, mm. why, would you, why would What would be the issue with that? Exactly, you... right? Yeah. yeah. My understanding is that more recently that archaeologists and detectorists work hand in hand and, and help each other do, you know, this detectorists support the work of archaeologists. So you know why we've sort of made the insinuation that it wouldn't be cool if he was a detectorist. Mm. But it's just a bit of an old fashioned view because we are talking nearly ten years ago. Yes, exactly. Ten years ago. Yeah, these days you see as well opportunities where there's going to be an archaeological dig in your area and they ask for volunteer metal detectorists, don't they? So they're actually seeking us out these days to go and help. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, funnily, Andy is outside talking to Becky and telling her how terrible the interview was. Um, and then the doctor suddenly appears behind him. And Andy's sort of, he's got nothing to lose at this point, has he? And he sort of asks Becky to wait. And he just explains to the doctor that when he saw him before outside going through a flower pot, he wasn't trying to sig up, uh, pick up ciggy butts, um, but he was, in fact, picking up clay pipes. And uh, the professor or the doctor asked questions at this point. And I found this really interesting because my knowledge on clay pipes isn't that good yet. So I need to fact check what Andy actually said. But he was just pointing out that two of them were Victorian and another one was older because it's thicker and the bolt was smaller as tobacco was really expensive. So that's how he could. Yeah, that as well. So I have actually done, in fact, I've been finding some this week um, on, on clay pipes because there's a, a museum here which has got a whole display of them because loads of them here on the beach we'll see old fishermen just chuck them over. They were like disposable, weren't they? Chuck them over the side so they will wash up on them. That's right. Um, and apparently they were smoked by women and children as well. Wow. Pipes, like that. <laughs> yeah. Like it, you find one, you sort of think, oh, it's probably an old fisherman. But it's probably might have just a lady working in the pub chuck it out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I see the dating of them and how you date them by their um, the gauge of the pipe and how mm. thin it is or thick it is. But it was really interesting what he was saying about tobacco being very expensive earlier on. And then obviously it's mm. merchant start bringing things in it's perhaps get a bit cheaper yeah yeah i love that so that's on my to do this this week sounds like it is yours as well if you're going to go to that museum um well i would like to i think it might actually be like everything else <laughs> in the winter <laughs> maybe in the summer 
here, I think. Oh, dear. So the doctor's um, obviously impressed and he likes the clay pipes and he asks if he can keep them. And Andy says, yes, of course. And then the doctor asks him the name of the band you said you like. And he, and he says, Crack Dust. The doctor's like, Crack Dust, I'll check them out. Um, oh. <laughs> and then even before Andy goes to put the phone back up to his ear, because Becky's still waiting and been listening to this conversation the whole time, he can hear her absolutely howling with laughter. She's witnessed the whole conversation <laughs> and she's lost it on the other end of the phone bless her she's so funny um and then we are back at the club and uh the the group are talking about well russell's talking about what the mayor said um and then who's talking about back when i had an old cortina oh yeah it must be terry and then sheila's yeah the cortina that's it sheila appears got she's got happy memory she's, she's so lovely queen she? she's so Sheila. Lovely. yeah i've decided she's the queen of they are lovely, like, as a couple just so lovely to each other and yeah so, so in love with each other it's lovely um so yeah. yeah she's lusting over the past in his leather jacket um but terry turns around and informs the gang they now have permission to check the mayor's land so it's very exciting um, and Louise is asking if it's ever been searched before. Lance says, no, it's virgin land. Um, how much is there? 500 acres. That's all right, isn't it? Get in. Meadow, isn't it? I thought they said, can we detect your field? But yeah. No, it's a bit more. Seems like they're just talking about the whole estate now at this point. Yeah. Um, so Sophie reminds them. She says, this is actually about the crash site and Peter's grandfather. And uh, Terry's like, hmm. Funny you should mention that. Has anyone seen Peter? Um, Sophie says she saw them this morning and everybody sniggers because they know what that means. Um, But Terry's holding something, isn't he? And he's like, I've got a bit of paper here that needs explaining. Um, So he starts to explain to the group that it's the license from the MOT to excavate. Um, And I just like, wow, that was quick. You can imagine these kind of things are going to take a while to get through, right? Um, But Terry's like, exactly. Um, it's because they've got a full record of the crash and there were no human remains on board. So Sophie's like, so it's been already excavated. Terry's like, no, nobody's touched a plane because there was no need. The crewmen all parachuted to safety and were captured two days later trying to steal the boat to get back away from the UK. Um, so mm. here it's all being revealed, hasn't it? Slightly. Um, we were a bit suspicious about Peter anyway. Yeah, something's not adding up. Mm. Sure what, yeah, at this stage, are yeah. we? Seems like, yeah, not really sure. So, anyway, he's explained that all to the group, um, and they're kind of wondering what he might be looking for, as in Peter, this suspecting foul play at this point. Um, and then Varda, who I've been calling Varda all this time, but I apologise, apparently it's Varda, Um she says gold. And Terry's like, huh? <laughs> As if he doesn't know. It's a program. So it's quite interesting. She's got like a big bit of speech here, hasn't she? I know. It's amazing. Terry goes, keep it down. Okay, let's something in. And she's only just literally opened her mouth for the first time in two series. It's the first time she's ever said anything. Um, and she's really posh as well, isn't she? 
So she was chatting on about this conspiracy theory about a German bomber that crashed in 1941 and apparently it was carrying gold bullion, um, but there's no proof. But that's the rumour. So, yeah. Um, Russell goes, is he lying? Is he a treasure hunter? So Russell's now, like, defence is up. Oh, maybe he's a, a treasure hunter. And Sophie's like, no. Yeah. Um, just said it was untrue. So they're all talking about poor old Peter and uh, whether he's a wrong one or not, and the door's open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, he comes in and they start to question him, don't they? Uh, Terry, in fact, and he plays... Wait, is he playing? He's he's saying he doesn't know what's being told to him at this point. So Terry tells him, um, and even Andy's going, Terry, he doesn't know, he doesn't know. So, uh, yeah, he's he's explaining that his grandfather didn't die, um, which is good news. And then Peter points out the obvious, oh, but is it? Because then he didn't go home to his family. Yeah. He abandoned his family. Yeah, and he plays it quite well. I mean, if that is not true... You know, if it's nothing to do with him and his family, etc., he plays it quite well. He comes up with a quick excuse why that actually that doesn't go that well for him. And, you know, he, yeah. he, he thinks on his feet fast. If that was nothing to do with his family, then, you know. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's tracked pretty well. Yes. So there's two lines of thinking here. Either Peter's being genuine and he doesn't know, and, you know, this is all news to him, or like you say, he's so devious, he's that quickly been able to come up with a story, which makes him dangerous. Mm. Yes. So anyway, um, Peter sort of goes off and Sophie goes after him and she's like trying to defend Terry, saying he didn't mean it like that. Um, but Peter's a bit upset and he says, you know, that he's turning it into some kind of circus. Uh, he he needs to think. So he sort of drives off at this point, doesn't he? So then yeah. you're like, oh, kind of feel bad for Peter. Um, then we go to lovely Lance in his flat and he's sat with Kate drinking coffee. And this scene really pulled at my heartstrings. I know. It's so tragic, isn't it? It's Yeah, poor Lance. Yeah. So um, he's explaining to Kate that he's a, a metal detectorist. And she's like, you're a what? He says, a detectress. And uh, she's quite funny, isn't she? She's like, so are you on some kind of register? <laughs> and he's like, it's a kind of register. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So he's explaining it's a hobby. And she's saying, you know, you're looking at your after pirate treasure, ask him the best thing he's found. Um, and then he... Uh, says actually I've got something for you and he produces a bear doesn't he a little teddy bear when he thought that she was going to be born he'd bought this teddy bear um, and then he'd bought a present which is a necklace that would have been for the first Christmas and she's kind of like really taken aback and at this point it's like oh that's really cute but Lance is kind of getting excited by her reaction by that I think and uh, he starts bringing out another present this was for your first birthday. This was for your second birthday. And then you see a shot. He leans into a cupboard. And when I saw inside the cupboard and it was absolutely full of all these wrapped presents. I know. Yeah. yeah. Very sad. Very sad. Um, so, yeah, he's he starts bringing out all these presents and Kate's starting to get a little bit freaked out at this point, isn't she? And she says as much. She's like, slow down a bit. 
Um, and she questioned him, saying, you, know, you bought me a birthday and a Christmas present every year. And he said, you know, yeah. And she's like, well, that's over 40 presents. And he's like, yeah. And he's really sort of proud and hoping she appreciates this, isn't he, I think. Yeah. Um, so she's a bit like, oh, slow down. And he says, okay, well, open this instead. And he gets an envelope and produces a check. And he's saying this is her maintenance that she should have got all those years. So it's obviously quite a big sum of money. Yeah. And she's saying, oh, oh, I can't accept that. And he's like, well, it's yours. Just take it, just take it. And he's getting a bit full on at this point, isn't he? He's really starting to like <laughs> try and make her take these things. Um, yeah. And then he says, call me dad. So he's really pushing it now. It's what all he's ever dreamed of. Yeah, a bit too much too soon, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, quite honestly, they're strangers still at this point, aren't they? But he's yeah. excited. He's obviously mm. been at it for all those years. But she's, mm. you know, so it's like they're at different stages of the era. Yes. Yeah. Different realities. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> Kate sort of leaves and runs out and Lance is kind of confused and upset, looking bewildered. Um, so, yeah, she's gone off to get some space. Um, we are now at Becky and Andy's house and uh, Becky's saying, oh, here comes the postman, might hear about your job. Um, and he says, oh, you should have seen the beards. And he's talking about it, isn't he? He's talking about the interview and all the rest of it. And the postie comes and Andy opens a letter. Um, now he opens a letter and looks at it and then he folds it up and Becky's like, is that the letter she wants to know? And then he plays it that it's some subscription thing. Do we yeah. think that's what it was? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, he's hiding something there, I reckon. <laughs> she must know him so well she must know he does this all the time and she must know when he's lying it's i mean it's really hard to to be able to hide something like that i would imagine from you know yeah so so he's quite quite sort of sneaky sometimes isn't he (laughs) he is i wonder whether it's just he wants control he wants time to think about stuff himself first i don't know that's what it is i'm sure um so yes we don't know what's going on there and then we go to the final scene of this episode and they're back out detecting and uh i always feel very calm when they're out detecting again it's always very serene i know it just says serene it's the late all the natural kind of um what do they call it b uh b-roll i think they call it the bits in between the bits where you're just looking at a bee yeah. landing on a flower or like you know that that's yeah. the bit that sort of really calms just us. Calms us that's now. what we do when we're out in the field ourselves i suppose yeah. isn't it i did that today and i was just like oh yeah. just noticing all the little things around me yeah that's exactly it. it's very very calming yeah. yeah um so they're chatting and uh lance is asking andy if he heard about robert mcclint He's dead, mate. All these people that drop dead around Lance and Andy, don't they? <laughs> but this guy, he apparently fell into a vat of soup. Comical, these deaths, aren't they? What a way to go. So um, Andy's like, bloody hell. <laughs> That's his crim. Of course, Andy only wants to know one thing, and he wants to know what flavour the soup was that this yeah. guy fell into. It's all about the details, Andy. <laughs> yeah. I've actually, uh, I've actually bought myself a tin of tomato soup. Uh, oh. Probably just watched this episode, and that was in my my mind. Now I'm going to think about that guy when I eat my soup. <laughs> <You are. laughs> 
So, um, yeah, Lance is imagining tomato soup, as is Andy, as is you, obviously, and you will be after this. Um, and they were talking about him saying, didn't he have detecting shoes? Or that's the way they used to say he, he had detecting shoes. Invention. Can someone invent that? That's such a bit. Like, how can we get that? How can we get that? Yeah. You should, you should get that. Katie, let's... If you think about it, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it. If you think about a nine-inch coil, if you strap them to your feet, like one on each side, a bit like snowshoes... <laughs> Yeah. And then, and you want it to just like vibrate at you, so no one else knows that you've passed over something. Yeah. And then, yeah, easy. You just have to hop and say, "I'll catch you up in a minute." Yeah, guys. just just <laughs> tying my shoelace. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's the deal. So we've got so much in the pipeline. We need to do virtual, virtual. Well, not virtual. We need to do school trip to the British Museum. We need to do the Naked Calendar yeah. for charity. Yeah. And- well, that, you're very. and then then now we've invented something so we're going to be very busy (laughs) oh gosh anyway they're um they're talking about detecting shoes east go detecting find a loose change on wimbledon common and andy's laughing thinking that wimbledon common was a made-up place because of the wombles wimbledon common made-up place no it's not it's a very real place google it um, and then it kind of pans out and Andy's had the baby Stanley in his carrier on his chest this whole time, hasn't he? So he's been out detecting with the baby. Yeah, that's lovely. I, I've been thinking about that, actually, when I watched that again today, how like I started, like I got a detector thinking I'd be able to do that with a baby on my chest and I realised that I couldn't really do it. So I'm wondering how he's actually doing it. But it's probably a bit easier for a man. Hmm. Because, yeah. Because I've just had a baby, I probably still felt like, probably still had a bit of a tummy and you know so like you know it's more yeah and just just actually the getting up and down bit Mm. easier if you're not just recently exactly i think you're right i think you're 100 right (laughs) i was like why are you doing it well why did i give up doing what (laughs) very different very different circumstances um so yeah and he goes to get the old phone out and Google, but it's got no signal, is he? So Lance tells him to Google it later. And then we hear the music come in. And that was the end of that episode. So, yeah. Well, another good one. It flew by. So now I'm just thinking, who is ahead of them in terms of searching the field that the mayor was referring to? Is it the Dirt Sharks or is it Peter? Mm, Don't know. Don't remember either. I'm going to find out. watch the next one to see i know i'm very excited so we will be back next time with series two episode five and i wonder how far along the rally planning is going as well i'm sure sheila's already got her first vat of lemonade on the go stewing somewhere in the corner (laughs) thank you ellie mr tetris lovely to see you again and have a great rest of your time out there in the islands and get home safe and tell us all about it i will thank you so much take care all right take care bye bye